Welcome to the Blind Stigma Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Natasha Williams. And I'm your host, Stacey M. Buchanan. Thank you so much for joining us this week. I keep on saying I love every episode, <laughs> but this woman is a powerhouse. Yes. And I am so excited for this episode. And I hope our listeners are just as excited as we were. Oh, I only oh, we be. are for def- definitely, definitely. Yes. So let me introduce you guys to Karen Samuels. So Karen Samuels is a survivor of depression, anxiety, confusion, and self-exception. After mentally and physically breaking down from negatively self-isolating herself, ashamed to ask for help or talk to anyone, afraid of being judged and labeled crazy, experiencing full mental loss, not knowing who to turn to, and she attempted suicide. Finally, looking at herself in the mirror, seeking professional help, joining a women's group that help mental and spiritual declutter, clarify, and she started the process with building who she was meant to be. Mm. Her story is so powerful. She has gone through so much in her life, highs and lows. Yes. And coming to a space where she can now see herself. I'm not going to give too much away. Exactly. And and I and I find that there's there's nothing more powerful, you know, than a woman that has used the pain that she's that she's been through in life, wears it as her crown mm. and as she's walking to that journey of her purpose. Yes. You can't talk to her when a woman has that vision, laser focus. That's it. And she's no longer using that pain and that scar to say play the oh woe is me game. But she wears this as her crown. It's like, yeah, she she steps different. Exactly, she looks different. She glows differently. And and Karen is the epitome of that woman. I saw a quote that goes so much that fits that fits the story of Karen, and it says, "For a while, I wanted to be anybody else but me. Then one day, it occurred to me, I was okay. I was enough." Ah. That sums it up so well. Yes. So let's dive into it. Let's listen to Karen's story. Welcome to the Blind Stigma Podcast with your hosts, Stacey Ann Buchanan and Dr. Natasha Williams. This podcast aims to provide a safe space that explores mental health within the Black community, breaks down the stigmas attached while taking back our narratives. So Karen, we're just going to go right into it and we are going to ask you to please tell us your story. Okay, so um, I just wanted to say, uh, I'm just going to start from my mid-30s. I was living a a life I dreamed of, Mm, working at a a dream job for um, my sister's clothing store, um, traveling uh, back and forth uh, in all parts of the U.S., um, within the fashion industry, networking, um, with, you know, people in fashion, arts, entertainment, um, taking exclusive vacations uh, several times a year. Um, Even um, had the opportunity to plan an amazing televised uh, Sweet 16 party for my daughter, um, aired um, on Party Mamas. Um, However, there was one thing missing. 
which was love. Oh. And I most desired, which was love. Hmm. Unknowingly, uh, confused, I, I walked away um, for what I thought was a fairy tale. Uh, hmm. From I was young, I always believed in fairy tales, loved Barbies, <laughs> and always wanted a dream fairy tale of being loved. Hmm. Um, it was a relationship that was filled with lies, oh, no. uh, which um, opened doors back to many wounds that never held, that never healed. Um, it was also filled of a lot of mental and physical abuse from my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that these scars, I, I, I just thought things would never come back. I didn't know that scars actually reopen mm-hmm. and the pain feels the same. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, uh, not knowing what was happening to me, I um, stopped eating. Uh, I started forgetting small things. Like, um, I remember one time I was driving down a road that I was very familiar with, but I didn't know where that road was or how I got on the road and where I was actually going. Uh, Just Maybe about two, three minutes after that, it came back to me that I was on that road going home. And my home or the place that I was staying at that time was two seconds away. Uh, it would happen more frequently either. Sometimes I would, I would go to work and I didn't know how I reached work. Uh, it even happened where certain job functions of mine, uh, processes and procedures, I I forgot. I didn't know what I was doing when I was the one teaching them to others. I started blacking out in my seat, oh my not knowing, okay, oh my God, I was just on a call. What was I on that call doing? Why was there someone on the other line? Mm. Um, and I would walk away from other people, uh, from having a conversation, not knowing what the conversation was about. Not knowing how I got involved with the conversation, or I would just start speaking things randomly to that person of nothing of what we were speaking about. Uh, There was another incident uh, where uh, people started to talk, and they started to use that word crazy. Um, She was going crazy. Uh, Someone from work, a co-worker from work who was like, like a friend, uh, she said she wanted to take me to church. And she says I was driving, and I took my hands off the wheel. And she had to grab the wheel. True story. And she goes, Kim, what are you doing? Because car started to honk. I said I was changing the light bulb. Because yeah. I thought I was changing the light bulb. Um, uh, shortly after that, I went to the hairdressers. I'm very into putting myself together and making myself look good, and I went to the hairdressers to go get my hair weaved. I woke up, and I was in the hospital. I couldn't understand I was in the hospital. Um, I do remember my daughter there. I don't even remember my hairdresser there, but she was. And I remember being told I had a seizure. Oh, my goodness. What? And um, uh, from there, um, I had to cope. I, I was going through some things at that time also because, I lost every family member that I had around me, um, ended up moving to a basement apartment. Um, the landlord came, 
spared me three months eviction notice and said I hadn't paid the rent in three months. I didn't know what I was going to do or where I was because I was giving my money to someone, oh, no. uh, to him, and he didn't pay the rent. Oh, um, however, growing up how we did in like in my environment uh, with being with a single mom, again, it was very difficult. With She didn't show a lot of love, and there was a lot of abuse. Uh, I, uh, going back, it's going to go back into my book that I'm writing. I didn't even know my name was Karen when I came here. I thought I was someone else. And being taught growing up in a Caribbean household where the, you only see a mom, you're strong. You have to stay strong. You figure things out. Yeah. Get out. Mm-hmm. You don't beg. You don't ask. My thing is to figure it out. I ended up going in a shelter, which I cannot remember where the shelter is because, again, I'm going through these mem- memory losses. Wow. Uh, okay. Work. They, some of, one of the girls followed me because they started to see my body physically change. Okay. which I didn't see it. I lost like 60 pounds in the matter of less than two months. Oh, my God. Because I didn't know. And there's a picture on my website where you guys can see the difference. I didn't know I was I was changing. Mm-hmm. Again, you're looking at me, but I wasn't looking at me. Right. Mm-hmm. I've always felt fat. So I've always felt I was fat. At that point, at my lowest point, I was a size zero, uh, 120. I still wanted to lose weight because I thought I was sick. Mm -hmm. I mean, sorry, I thought I was too fat because I've always been called fat. Mm -hmm. Um, I ended up going to a homeless shelter, and one of the girls followed me from work and came in. I was so embarrassed. What are you doing here? And I said I had to stay here. Um, She ended up taking me to her home. All this time, I didn't reach out for help. I didn't understand what was going on right. in me um, because I, I heard certain things from family members I didn't talk to where said Karen was going crazy. I started isolating myself because it was leaking out to people at work and people that were my friends around me. Instead of embracing it I or wondering what it was, I hid and I got back into myself started distancing myself from everyone because I didn't like what they're saying. I knew something was changing inside of me. I didn't know what was changing. I couldn't control it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I just kept on doing what I needed to do. I ended up taking up another job. I worked for the LCBO part-time, and then I took up another job working at Woodbine Racetracks where I cleaned the horses. Shed. Scared of horses like crazy. (laughs) I met a lot of farm workers, but I only knew how to survive, how to make it, how to get it together. And I was going to get it out, not knowing I was breaking down. There was one day I was driving from uh, work home. Again, I just remember waking up and one side of the car was smashed in. Oh, my goodness. Then I know it's (laughs) it is. I don't want to get too much into the book. Then. Uh, we got the car fixed or so forth. Within the month, I was going home again. The next side of the car, I do remember, was smashed in. Okay. Now, jumping fast forward, now the insurance company, when I was trying to get back insurance, they asked me where my medical records were. And I said, I have no medical records. They said, that's impossible. Because the last time I did it twice, the car was smashed twice, and the last time the car was fully totaled. 
Okay. So where was my medical records? Because if the car was to- totaled, what physical damage did I have? I had no physical damage. Uh... Went back to the doctors. Um, the second time with the car, the talk- doctors told me I had to give up my license. Yep. Because if I did not give up my license, if they took it from me, I would never get it back. Yes. Something was happening. Before that doctor, when I first had the seizure, they had put me on medication for anxiety. Oh, okay. So I was taking medication for anxiety. Um, again, I didn't understand. Um, went back. I think I had a rental. And I went in the rental, and I didn't know the difference between the gas and the brake. This is after driving for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to steer the the wheel. I just didn't know. Um, I would fight with my managers at work because I told them I didn't know how to do a password reset. I got demoted back to customer service where I was mentoring. They, I would fight with them because they told me, Karen, what do you mean you don't know this? You're supposed to know this. And I felt I just, I just took it on. I just felt that either they thought I was lying Oh, I couldn't get out inside my head what was going on. And I, I, I was just like, why can't you guys see this? I just don't know. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I honestly, mentally broke down. I just, I, I broke, I just broke down. Mm-hmm. Um, I was embarrassed because growing up in the West Indian community, I've been here since I was three from Jamaica. Okay. Uh, you don't hear mental illness yes exactly hear anybody say something is happening in your head right you do hear the crazy word mad uh growing up where i was crazy my image of crazy Mm -hmm. was a woman with her head tied with maybe slippers or no shoes Mm -hmm. with a bag in her hand yep Mm -hmm. uh somebody i know in jamaica they call this place called bellevue Bellevue, that's for mad people yeah Uh, right i was Again, because I had a family member say had this knew about the seizure and said I was going crazy because, again, they witnessed things and I was forgetting things. I didn't even know that I lived with this family member. Okay. I was a bouncing around from place to place. I didn't know. I I just I didn't realize what was happening to me because I didn't see. I couldn't relate, and I was embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Because I felt I was going to be judged. Two, I was prideful right. because I knew that I walked away from everything with nothing. And who was I going to ask? And what I, I don't beg. I don't mm-hmm. beg anybody for anything. And that to me was begging. Right. At work, I just thought they just didn't understand. And they thought I would be lying to get out of something. So, again, I drew myself further. Right. I ended up in a hole. Like somebody's room that it was dark for me. I I just couldn't take it anymore. Right. So I've always loved water. Um, my book actually starts with the water and how I was in it. I remember going in the bathtub and just saying that I was going to go back to the water. Oh wow! And I tried to, I tried to drown myself. Okay. Never ever in my life would I ever think of suicide. Mm-hmm. I was the most sane person I thought ever. Mm-hmm. And I just went under there and I tried to hold my breath as much and as long as and as long and as long as I long as I could. And I didn't and I came back up. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. I cried, I cried, I cried. I went back to work. Um, and I just, 
I, I couldn't. They asked me to take a leap. They asked me. While doing that, again, I, I hid from a lot of people. Again, there was no one to relate to. Not a black person. Not a person other than I know I wasn't a bag lady. No one that looked like me right. from the outside. Uh, I met somebody and he took me at the lowest part in my life. And he was at that point looking to move. And I was living with that, with the friend that took me in in her daughter's room. Yeah. And him and I were talking for a month and I asked him, weird, uh, can you move in with me? Do you mind? <laughs> 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 he was like, uh, 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 sure. <laughs> Black Jamaican. I've never done anything like this. We ended up, uh, within a month, we found a basement apartment uh, here in Mississauga. He decided to relocate from Toronto and come to Mississauga because I had to take the bus right. uh, to work and I knew I couldn't be in Toronto. Uh -huh. And he, um, we ended up, you know, living together. And I think within two months of living together, I had another seizure. Oh, no. Mm. Okay. He called the ambulance and he came with me. And um, he ended up coming with me to the doctors oh, okay. after they let me out. And the doctors, the doctor didn't talk to me. They asked him, what, 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 what was happening to her? Right. He explained. He goes, she's not having anxiety. She's having seizures. Wow. These mm. sound like this, this, like this doesn't, there's something that's, going on in here that you're seizing up he put me on a medication a different medication stop the seizure go figure it was two years um i started to learn back i i taught myself back my job they did wow. not give me training because they would not i stayed overtime i worked overtime i humbled myself i had the image of um taking the bus was for people that had no money. <laughs> and there I was, because, again, I had this lifestyle of, oh, my God, you drive with a car, you go from here, you live in this house, to ending up on the bus and living in a basement apartment, things mm -hmm. that I would never talk to somebody that would do. Right. Mm -hmm. Being on the bus, I started to meet all these people, someone who was talking about mental illness. Uh, oh, <laughs> you know what? This is, and this is a perfect, um, perfect segue and a perfect space, be, uh, mm -hmm. place because our next question was going to talk about, you know, with everything that you've just mentioned and everything that you've gone through. I, I mean, first of all, you've mentioned so many things that are so <laughs> deep, um, and, and especially, you know, what you've really, really touched upon is you know, the stigma of mental illness in our community oh, yes. um, and how it perpetuates, um, you know, being from the Caribbean, I'm uh, my fa I'm born here, but my family's from Dominica, but it is, okay. you know, it's very similar. You have an image of what okay. crazy looks illness, like. what it looks like, yeah. you know, and the image is very similar. It's the person who's disheveled, um, you know, on the street, you know, with some maybe mash up dirty shoes, clothes. dirty clothes, you know, there's a certain, uh, you know, not a hospital, we have a certain house in Dominica where if you, it's on a hill and if you, you know, somebody's going up there, you know, they're going to the crazy yeah. house, you know, they're Ooh, mad. Wow. And what, and what we do and the way that we're raised as black women is, is that you have to be strong mm -hmm. at mm -hmm. all 
costs all of the time. Pick up yourself and just do. So it does. Yeah, we have to figure it out. So you're spiraling, you know, into all of this. And in the midst of it, it's like, okay, but you know, I just have to work harder. I'll eventually figure it out one way, shape or form. But we always put the onus on, on simply us. We just got to shoulder it. You know, if you just work hard enough or work a bit harder, we'll just get through it. Right. Because God forbid, um, you know, I'm actually seen as crazy. And the other thing, which I think you so eloquently, um, uh, spoke about in regards to your story is the alienation, you know, for, people to literally alienate you and not want to speak to you. Mm -hmm. And then that then further presses you or pushes you into isolation as a result, because who wants to speak to someone who has something negative to say about me or who's calling me crazy or whatever. So you have our community who's actually not helping you. Who's actually um, making the situation worse. worse. Yeah. Right. So you've, you've, you've touched upon so many things already. And the reason I wanted to just pause for a second. And before you talk about the person on the bus, you know, who was talking about mental illness, I wanted to, to, cause it sounds like a, a good space where you maybe started to address what was, you know, what was going on. So, you know, our, our next question was basically, how did you address your issue? What I also do appreciate. And the only other thing I wanted to say was thank God that you got a proper diagnosis (laughs) in regards to the seizures, because when you were having the seizures before, and then they prescribed you anti-anxiety medication, Mm -hmm. um, that obviously did not solve the problem. So to now get a more accurate diagnosis, as well as the medication that you needed to deal with the seizures, that's already a step in the right direction. So um, I just wanted to add that as well. But yeah, so if you can just sort of, I guess, continue, but really just wanting to to highlight uh, for our listeners now, how how did you now get to a space where you started to address your issue? Well, again, the person on the bus was talking about this. And the way that they were spinning it sounded similar to what I was going through, um, the outburst of anger. Mm. They said something like that, which I would. Any little thing you'd say to me, I'd blow up. Mm-hmm. But I, I never said anything to the person. I just started to talk. It so happened that day I went to work. I blew up because my manager came to me, and I just got upset because I'm trying to tell you I don't understand. You're fighting me back. Uh, the company that I work for, I do have excellent benefits. They actually asked me if I didn't mind to talk to someone. Well, what I asked for was an orthopedic chair. (laughs) And with that, they had to get someone, because my back was hurting me. I didn't know this was, I wasn't sleeping either. I was Uh, tired. I lost a lot of, again, sleeping. And clearly, they were seeing something was going on with me. Right. Um, But I asked for an orthopedic chair. They accommodated me. However, when the person came to... Uh, they had to take measurements for the chair and adjust it. That person, um, the uh, the counselor asked if she could have a conversation with me. And we oh, had a conversation. That's so interesting. She goes, can we have more conversations, Karen? And she goes, something's going on here. And she also led me to uh, my benefits. And we do have counseling over the phone. I don't have to go anywhere. Okay. And wow. she gave me a number to call. Okay. 
Uh, it took me a few days to call the number because, again, oh, I was gonna, oh, I was gonna ask think. you. I was going to <laughs> yes. ask you. I go getting that information is one thing, but yes. especially us in our community, and especially how we see mental illness mm-hmm. and how it's portrayed. You know, what allowed you to muster up, I guess, the either the courage or whatever to actually make the call. It took a few days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took a few days, and again. I was, something was going on inside of me. I was losing myself. Um, Even though I thought I was making progression with being on this medication, again, I lost my car. I had to get it through. I was still having these setbacks. I I, I didn't understand mood swings. Uh, I was like, I, I would, it would be weird. I would, when the anxiety would kick in, my hands would get so cold, I would feel freezing yet I would start to sweat. Mm. I, I just, I, I didn't understand. And then my, it was like my mind would start spinning. Um, I would start to stutter. And then when she t- suggested I speak with a counselor, again, I went to, oh, she's one of them now calling me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I affiliated counseling and therapy with crazy. Right. Of course. And yeah. I'm mad and I'm not good in being told this. I did it. Um, my partner, he, I went and I told him and he goes, Karen, I think it would be good. Wow. He also said, um, you know, my workplace does this too. At that time we were about a year in, mm-hmm. he says, I'm going to put you on my benefits. So oh, wow. he goes, it says it's covered, but my benefits covered me up to 80%. He goes, regardless, you can use mine. You just cover the rest or just jump on mine. But he goes, maybe you should talk to somebody. He's Jamaican also. I didn't know he would do this. And he goes, and if you want, I can be there with you. Wow. Um, yes. I, I was like, okay. My first conversation, I went and I spoke with a counselor. I hung up. <laughs> um, I'm not good. I'm, I'm, I'm being so honest and transparent with you guys. Yes, no. It's I hung up the phone oh, because shoot. the person on the other end was just what, and asking me questions. And I'm like, what is, what is, what is this? <laughs> I did not connect well with the, what are you asking me about? So what do I feel like and what's going on with me? What are you talking? That was not the experience that I was looking for. Uh-huh. Right. Again, I can't, looking back at things now, I'm not going to blame the counselor because, again, I wasn't open to it. I right. did it because I was told to do it. Someone encouraged me to do it, but I wasn't open to it. Yeah, that's true. So I hung up. <laughs> A week after. After that, I believe the therapist uh, at work came back. Oh. And she asked me if I called. And I said, yes, but I didn't like. She goes, she was so calm. She goes, that's okay. Maybe that counselor wasn't for you. Try again. Why? Why? Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> wow. this is the program that they have. You know, that same day I went home and I tried, I got someone different. Okay. And the person just goes, tell me about you. That's what and that was. I swear they, they they didn't ask me any questions or just told me, tell me about you. We were maybe on a two hour call. Oh my! You see, wow. the counselor rarely said anything. Wow! And I started back as a child, and she was mm, right, and you know she was she would just let me talk. Mm-hmm. I actually broke down. I I talked about my childhood. I talked about being where I was. I talked about oh. being misunderstood. Oh. I 
at the end of the conversation, I took up most of the time. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how we got to this, but she just says, do you mind if we talk again? Can I schedule another time for us to call, talk again? I don't remember her saying much. <laughs> well, I remember me talking, just saying, can we do this again? You know, and, said, and that's okay. exactly what you needed at that point in time. Yes. And it's funny because as soon as you said that, uh, Stacey Ann and I sort of looked at each other and started laughing because, you know, what we were talking about just a little while ago was, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, psychotherapy has to be a process in which you're also engaged in as well. And just because mm-hmm. you meet the first one, doesn't it mean doesn't mean that is... it doesn't mean that that's the right person for you. And mm-hmm. if you're in a headspace where this person is peppering you with questions, <laughs> the last thing you want to do is answer these questions. And on top of that, if this is, you know, psychotherapy. I felt like if I was being treated like if I was mad with all the first Well, well, see, that's the thing. You feel like you're being interrogated. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it's the last thing you needed. And and here's the other thing, especially with our community. Psychotherapy Mm -hmm. is not a normal thing in our community. And especially what you said, a lot of times we associate psychotherapy with being mud. If I have to get to a space where I have to speak to a therapist, a counselor, a psychologist, it means I'm done crazy. I, um, you know, I'm out of control. Um, I have to now, you know, speak to this person. So now you already, you're already going in with that label already. And then the questions coming on top of that, it it just perpetrates that even more. I want to, I want to piggyback off what you said. Um, when you, when you talked about you spoke for about two hours to the counselor. And when I say piggyback, I remember when I was going through my depression and I, 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 I was really close. I'm close with my dad. And so my dad was the only person that I could share this with. And my dad just suggested that I drink some tea and read my Bible and pray. Right. Because that's the remedy for, for depression or when you're going through anything Anything. in in the Caribbean community. I I kept going back to my dad and say, you know, daddy, something is not right. Something isn't right. And he said to me, and this is what saved my life. He said, since you like to chat so much, how about you tell your business to strangers? Because his fear was if I told a friend, a friend was going to tell another friend and tell another friend and it's going to reach back to Jamaica that he's raising a mad daughter. And so that's what I did. I started talking to strangers and strangers have the beautiful ability to just listen. All I needed was someone to listen, mm-hmm. not to ask me questions, not to say, but you have a roof over your back, clothes on your, uh, mm-hmm. a roof over your head, clothes on your back, money in your bank account. Why are you like this? I didn't need that. I didn't need any questions. I didn't need you to tell me how blessed I am. I wanted you to listen to me and I wanted to unload. So thank you for there sharing you that go, part. That word unload. Yes. I think that's what I was able to do. As I said, I was carrying a lot from way back you're right and going through everything now that's what i just needed that chance plus i had to click with the right person that's right the right person had to click with me so going forward now it i started to work with the counseling um getting myself like realizing certain i didn't know about i didn't know what depression was to be honest with you which was what i was going through going through counseling was what taught me that um, going through counseling was what told, what taught me this is the norm, right? There wasn't, again, that person where I was saying, this is why I'm doing my book. There wasn't that person that looked like me, uh, a, a beautiful black woman dressed well, you know what I mean? Working at her job. Do, I'd never seen that. Right. Uh, again, mental illness is geared to, at that point, it was a white person. Or a black person, no teeth, 
<laughs> bag on <laughs> bag on her head, maybe yeah. with slippers yeah. if not, and some dirty clothes yeah. tie up. Mm-hmm. And or uh, if I wasn't going to say Caribbean, I would say a crackhead from the America. Right. That was my image of what it was. And again, people, there were a lot of people that tried to come around me that were trying to fix me. In all honesty, I would say to them, they did try, but they weren't the professionals. One took me to church. Right. I grew up in church, Seventh-day Adventist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I started to hate God. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. People that came and told me about God, I even got baptized. And I, it turned into hate because they didn't understand. There are a lot of, I want people out there that are not going through this to be educated. Don't try to come in because one woman told me I had demons. Oh, jeez. Another one told me I need to go read the Bible. I need to. And all of this turned me off. One other people would tell me, oh, everybody goes through this. Fix Everybody goes through this. Everybody has the same story. You think you're the only one that has issues and that turned me off. The counselor never told me about anybody. They only wanted to hear about me. That's right. The counselor never told me about their story and what they went through. They allowed me to talk about me. Mm-hmm. The counselor was only about me, but that counselor was professionally trained. The counselor started asking me questions about me. What do I like? Moving, going forward, I started to get myself back together. I even got back my license. All two right. years ago, All after right. being two years after that, got back my license. Reach. It is like riding a bike, but I still had anxiety. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to all that. Got to take a trip to Jamaica. Was doing well. <laughs> Last year, August, I went to work. Woke up and I was on a stretcher on my way to the hospital. Oh no! Dropped and had a seizure. Oh dear. However, I had to. They took away my license last year, August, again, because anytime you have a seizure and you're driving, they move that. I went back into depression. However, I got mad at work. They brought me back the same counselor again. Oh. Karen, what is it? They forced me to go back to the doctors. There was a test that I didn't do, that I was supposed to do. But being that they gave me the medication, I was fixed. They, I, he goes, why didn't you? You were supposed to do the sleep test, Karen. And I didn't. I went to um, uh, Sherway Gardens and I did their sleep test. I got, took a month off from work, which was hard for me because I don't know how to take time, time from off. Work. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did the sleep test. They found nothing. However, he went back and he goes, Karen, from what the hospital says, this sounds like epilepsy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> got me an appointment, which... This was back in August. Mm -hmm. The appointment was for April 25th this year. Oh, boy. However, they thought it was uh, important enough that they put me on a waiting list. Okay. And so said, so done. Uh, I think it was January. They opened up an appointment. They called me and they came in. Oh, okay. The I went to see a neurologist, but this was the specialist. When he came and he got my results, he says, okay, he sat down here and he goes, let me hear. Paul again came with me. My partner came with me because they asked for someone also to come with you because that person can tell a lot of things when you're not aware of. That's right. Yes. He goes to me, okay, we've done every test. Medically, there's nothing wrong with you. He goes, epilepsy a lot comes from children, right? Comes from when you were young. You've had no symptoms of this when you were young. 
This came on in your 40s. And he goes, and I'm telling you as a doctor, there is nothing medically wrong. However, we know that epilepsy can, can also be caused by stress, anxiety, sleep deprivation, and all of this you're showing signs of. Oh, wow. What happened in your 40s? Because that was my first seizure in my 40s. That brought this on based on everything that I just said, that this can help bring on epilepsy. We didn't have to go any further. I've always been told, Karen, you need to write your story from where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. Write a story. I started writing. I, I can now write and write poetry to me that I've even posted. The writing became my therapy. However, I had to go backwards. Right. The writing brought out some real horrible wounds. Oh, boy. I am telling my, I have done some things, some good, some bad. I had to take accountability. This is counseling brought this to me. My goodness. However, I want to share this back to the next, like, you know, what do I want? I want to see me out there. Mm -hmm. I want that little girl way back in that room in connection that didn't know what she was so confused. You understand? Of how to be, how to live. Didn't know, okay, why didn't you like me? Why, whoa, what am I doing wrong? Why can't I be like this? Why do I have to sit in someone else's shoes? Right. I want that person to look up and see that doctor went through mental illness. I want that person to see that basketball player went through mental illness. I want them to see that president went through mental illness. Not a bag lady. Right. Not a crackhead. Right, right. And that person is now okay. Mm. I started to do, just doing counseling, they said, Karen, what do you love? I love music. I love music. I cannot sing a lick in my life. <laughs> but I, and I will sing. I love music. Good for you. I didn't know, again, my body image. I've always had an, uh, an issue with that, always thinking I'm too, too, too fat. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started to get better, all I kept on getting people saying, oh, my God, you put on weight. You put That made me very self-conscious. Right. Even though they were saying I'm looking good, mm-hmm. I thought it as putting on weight is fat. Right. So I decided to go to the gym. Oh, my God, the feeling that I got from the gym, especially sweating. And when I had that bad day going to the gym, I grew up with a lot of people now that are doing well. One of them, one of my neighbors was Julie Black. Um, a, a guy from work set me up on Instagram. Create, he's the one that created the Fierce Diva name. Mm-hmm. Okay. While I was scrolling through Instagram, just learning the internet, Julie popped up, and she was doing a strong and sexy strong yes, challenge. Yes, yes, I reached out to her. I personally messaged her without ever thinking she would, one, remember me, uh, even though her sister and my sister used to live together. Two, I thought she was Julie Black. She is never going to reach out to me. <laughs> <laughs> that same day, she re- Karen, Karen Rowan called me the last name that wasn't my last name. Again, part of the confusion. I said, no, it's actually Karen. She goes, yes, I was all from, from Driftwood, from Fergrove. I couldn't believe it. Wow. And I said, I said to her, Julie, I want your body. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> That's what I said. Just, just goes, be straight. Okay, girl, just be straight. <laughs> jump on. I want that. I jump on and we're going to do the challenge. Uh, the challenge started in December. Right. And I, start, I met somebody 
who was uh, just, these are all random things that just happened. I went to a West Indian store. They weren't prepared with the food. Again, West Indian people with the maintenance <laughs> weren't prepared with the food. Oh it was the place was supposed to open from 9, went at 11, and they were just making soup. Okay, and we but, went for the soup. But, and but, her and but, I were shaking. Why but Karen, Karen, I'm going to cut you. I'm going to cut you. But you know, even though the food is late and you know they open up late or whatever, the food tastes good. That's the reason why we wait. That's the reason why we. That's the reason why we put up with the foolishness. I saw something online, and I don't mean to cut you. That says whenever the woman is feisty, whenever the food they open late, whenever they're slow with everything, you know no, the, the food, food is, is good. I want to eat here. Yes. That says you know it's the best. Food. The man was just coming in with the seasoning for the soup. Oh and my I was, gosh! I was like, oh my god! And we, I met somebody, and I'm one of those people. I gravitate more to guys because guys always say are dumb and foolish, but they tell you about your mama, your sister, and they don't take things sensitive. <laughs> Women are always very sensitive. There was a woman that was in there, and she was shaking her head and. We were just, we just talked, boy, why is it always that people can't open on time? Why do we have to do this? And what we came for, she goes, I came for soup too. And they were telling me the soup's not going to be open for an hour. And at work, I had moved up where I was doing weekend sea camming. And they sent, one of the girls said I wanted to go, and I was the one that they sent out there. And they gave me the GPS, showed me how to get there. Because, again, I'm just trying to get back to driving mm-hmm. at that time. She said to me, we were just talking and she said to me, oh, here, take my number. I don't know how it exchanged with the numbers. This is something I don't do. I did. Call, I reached out and called her. Again, something I don't do. I don't know why. And she told me she wrote a book or something like that. And I told her I would love to write a book about my story. That's how this book came along. Wow. Um, wow. Within yes. there, Julie came and strong and sexy. And again, she has this thing where they pray or something or it's some spirit. Uh, oh God. I was just like what I was running from this whole God thing. Like, you know what I mean? Cause if God was there for me, I wouldn't be going through this. Mm. And she, I, in the group, you have to post pictures on IG. That's why I post so much now. And I didn't understand how to do it. And in, she created a WhatsApp group chat for everyone. And it was so frustrated that I went into the group. I don't understand this. Like, this was my tone when I was talking, even though you're reading it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't understand. I, what is, like, this is so, this is, this is something to do. And Julie came back, and this is the Julie that I remember, because we were very competitive, because we used to run track together. Okay. And again, in Jane and Finch, we grew up as family. The neighborhood was a family. Right. It wasn't just your neighbor. So we can talk anyway. And we knew Julie was safety. <laughs> I heard Julie's voice come on on the WhatsApp. And she said, Karen. Karen. And took a deep breath. Oh, Karen, boy. Karen. And she goes, you can't. It's like she was really, con- you can't behave like this. And this is not how we do this. I reached out to her on the side because I said I was ready to cut her stink. <laughs> and I reached out on the side and she goes, Karen, this is not, you can't just throw it out like that. And she says, this is frustrating, but I'm going to give it your choice. You can either stay in or you can go. I'll give you back your money, but you can, you can go. This is not how we do it. Wow. I was, I hung up the phone and I was ready to go. Like, you know, I was ready to go, but I was, I wasn't ready to go mm-hmm. because that's not how I wanted to go out. That's not what I wanted as my brand, but that's how it came out. Again, the outburst of anger. Yes, right. I was about to Someone say that. Someone else reached out to me on the side from the group that was having dinner 
and says, oh, my God, I see you struggling. She was in the uh, group before, the, the, the cycle the before. Cycle before. And she goes to me, Karen, I'm going to help you with this, but do you mind if we just have a little prayer? I was like, I don't believe in prayer. And my prayer, from what I grew up in the old school, it had to take about 19 or 54 hours. <laughs> and you drop down on the floor, praise oh, the God, hallelujah, boy. turn around. And I says, I don't, she goes, okay, can I just do it for me? The girl just said something as simple as, Father God, just guide us through this. Help Karen right now with operating this machinery. And we want to thank you that we are here together. I was still... That's the prayer? That's not the prayer that I know. You see the you see what the what the mind does, eh? It's it's such a mind shift because we have a certain way of the way we're programmed and everything in terms of you know how we think things are. So Mm -hmm. how we think church is, how we think Mm -hmm. God is, how we think prayer is, right? And mm-hmm. when you have somebody who just now has just blown that out of the water, they're, they're like, you're like, wait, but, but, but hold up. Yeah. Uh, that, that was a prayer. You telling me that I didn't have to spend half of my day <laughs> in prayer. Like what is going, but I think it's what I usually call those are like paradigm shifts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going from a place where, you know, you, you thought all along a certain way or a certain way of being and mm-hmm. somebody comes or something comes yes. that challenges what you thought. Mm-hmm. And you have to think differently now mm-hmm. because everything that you thought, you know, there's someone there's someone here that's just now proven you wrong. Yes. Right? And you have to now be open enough to say, but wait, there's a, there's other ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. there's, there's, there's other ways of seeing things. Well, wait I was a like, minute. you're weird. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And or this is not somebody that goes, this is not somebody that goes to church. This is not a right. God. <laughs> because you have a certain idea of what, of what yeah. church, because the minute you said, you know, you said seven day Adventist, you know, certain, you know, there's certain, yes. I guess, stigmas of how people in, in the seven day Adventist, um, you know, chapter work or you see things in a certain way so if you if you see other people doing it in a different way they're like no 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 that's not church this Uh is this is how i know church and how she prayed there is (laughs) not church so you know i was like okay wow and i think too with going back to therapy right i think she gave me um a lot of things that i work out now when i get that feeling of anxiety or oh god this is not working step back and take a break Take a breath. Mm. I think that prayer of what she says was my breath. Okay. Oh. oh. Okay. I think this. I think that again was that. I have to stop and think before we got into it. Take a breath. Breathe. I yes. think that's where to me I relate that with that. That prayer came in, and that was my breath. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My deep breath. Relax. Okay, and regroup. Wow. And then I was able to see things differently. She helped me through it. She was out at her at her family's dinner and she stood there and helped me through it. Oh wow. Needless okay. to say, I stayed in the group, finished that strong and sexy and the runway they asked me to speak because I did a testimonial. Okay. I wow. don't know what made me do it in the group, but I just said I started this group for Julie's body. It it is a workout, it is a fitness challenge, but it was so much more than that. So much I more than that. Because yes. I was doing my book and I was writing down again, I was with a whole bunch of women that were helping me. 
the trust mm-hmm. factor started to come back in. Mm-hmm. Remember I told you I didn't trust anymore. Yes. Right. These were these women that wanted to better themselves both inside and outside were pouring out, you know, their frustrations. Okay, let's do it. And we were encouraging us together. We don't have that in the black community. I didn't know of women to encourage me because I'm used to fighting against you. Okay, you have that red shoe, then I'm going to get a redder shoe. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm going to walk in front of you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. In the group, I think I just came out. I don't know what made me say it. But I said, you know, I started this journey because I wanted Julie's body. And to make it long short, I ended up saying, I don't want your body, Julie, anymore. Beautiful body. But I want Karen's body. Wow. I've been for all my life trying to be somebody mm. other than Karen's family. Mm. That was wow. part of this my goodness, whole journey. That's powerful. I've always tried to fit myself in that family that I always wanted to be. And again, it goes back to where I told you the love. Right. I've always yes. been looking for that fairy tale and that love for people that I didn't love. My partner that I met, I didn't fall in love with him just when I met him. I was looking for a way out, and I asked him to move in with me. Right. He said to me when he talked, and I go, do you love me? And he goes, we're not going to talk about love, Karen, because I go, I love you. And he goes, you don't love me. Oh There's no way you can love me if you don't love me. You're so- and he boy, goes, oh, boy, figure out. Boy. <laughs> you hear it all the time but when mm-hmm. you experience it it's like it, it, it's like being i don't want to say like being shot but it, it's just like a biggest the biggest wake-up call it's like when i hear you say you've been looking for love and and you were looking for it externally you didn't look for it internally yeah. but looking at but also you know somebody telling her that too yeah, it's like i know and, you don't and i'm gonna add this a black Jamaican man, you said? That's yes. what I was just going to say to you. I, I was just like, like because I remember. <laughs> Let me tell you from, from yeah, yeah. From, from I know we're joking but. I know, I mean, but in all seriousness. In all seriousness. In all seriousness, you know, to have somebody who's in the community uh-huh. um, looks like us, uh-huh. but is encouraging something that we be- that is almost complete opposite of what we know. So you have a black Jamaican man who yep. has encouraged you to to seek counseling, seek therapy, and on top of that, now is now basically calling you out uh-huh. and saying you don't love me unless you love yourself. Yep. yep. To me. Wow. Okay. It's just, it's or just he powerful. told me, fall in love with you. Mm-hmm. Then he will know that I love him. Oh That's my what gosh. he told me. He goes, let's work on that. Because again, he was looking at me from the outside again. Right. And he realized I did anything. He, I, I thought he was weird too, because he'd always tell me how I was pretty. When a girl, boy, I didn't even have my hair in, my weave in. <laughs> and I was like, you are so pretty. I'm like, are you serious? whatever now remember all of this the seizures came back that night before the the weekend before i was doing the runway for strong and sexy i'm very organized and very prepared planned out going to my hairdressers and i was going to get my weave done my long weave put myself and i was walking the runway went to my hairdressers the same one that i had the first seizure with right Mm -hmm. again i didn't realize these changes were happening and i went and she said to me, Karen, I can't do your hair. We can't weave your hair. And I said, what? She goes, there's no hair here to weave. 
I go, what are you talking about? This, this. She goes, Karen, you have no hair. I didn't realize my hair was falling off. Oh. Part of the whole with the whole epilepsy with it. This was what physically was taking over. So this time I didn't shrink in size, but my hair started to fall oh, wow. off. It dropped. And she goes, Karen, there is no way I can do this. She made me a wig, got it together. I cried that night because, again, went back to my childhood being called ugly. I'm yeah. going to look like a boy for one. And every ugliness, every kind of, I told I was black, looked like a monkey. Oh, my goodness. It, was, it came from my mom. This all came from her, mm-hmm. right? I, and I believed it. I started to believe it. And here I was going to look like a guy again. My nose, everything that I tried to hide with the weave. Mm-hmm. My nose, because I thought that was big. My lips were big. Oh, my God. Anyhow, rocked the show. God, she made me an amazing wig. Thank God. Like, fixed it up for me, and I did it. Uh, that was a Saturday. That Saturday, before we start the show, I went to the barbers, and I had them just shave it down. Because, again, being black women, we're resourceful. Right. I didn't like it, but I, I knew I had to line it up or do something. Um, after the show, uh, Sunday I was there. I used the whole day crying and looking at myself, looking at this ugly baboon. Oh, my gosh. Monday morning, I worked up the courage, and I said, Karen, you're just going to do this. You're just going to do this. I didn't want to put on the wig. And I went to work, put my makeup on, put my outfit on, and I went to work. There is a guy that I'm very close with at work, but he's also very critical. He's Italian, loves beautiful women. Mm-hmm. And we I'm like his older sister. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was going to see him first thing, and I was prepared. Hmm. Because he, you know, we, we're, again, he's like my little brother, so he'll say anything. Karen, you know, you look gross. Like, things like that. Mm-hmm. Not meaning anything out of it. And I knew he would, because no one's ever seen me without my weave before. Okay. And I walked in with my hair blonde. And he goes, took him a while. He goes, I like it. He goes, I like it. And he said something about my cheekbones. Uh-uh. I've never had any, anybody say anything about my cheekbones before. I kept on getting compliments that day. I was like, who are they talking to me? Karen, your eyes are so beautiful. One girl says, I think you should, that really rocks on you. I think you should dye it blonde. Then people were telling me, oh, your skin. I've never had this compliment for any weave I've ever done before. The week after I went back to my hairdresser, she dyed my hair blonde. I posted it. The amount of Facebook likes that I got. Wow. I was like, wow, the real me. And people actually accepted the real me. Oh, it took you years. All along. The real me, as I say with my hair, even relaying to the mental illness, it did fall off. It's not growing back as fast as I want it to, but it's coming in stronger. And that's my edges are coming in. That is powerful. Yes. It's not growing as fast as I want it, but it's coming in stronger. Strong. Like my body, like my mind. Right. I could go on and on with this is beautiful I, because I, I, I try to follow this flow with with saying that, you know, again, as I said, with addressing the ther- with the situation, it was therapy It was finding that place now to channel. There's bitterness. There's resentment. Of course. There's hurt mm-hmm. when it comes up. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to make this very clear. I'm not fixed. I'm still a work in progress. Thank you. I'm Depression so glad you've said that. Depression doesn't go away. Yes. It doesn't. Uh, there are days that I do cry. I go back into that mood. Mm-hmm. However, I'm aware of what's happening to me. I have epilepsy. I know that I'm on the proper medication. The doctor says I may be on medication for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Last month, I just got my license back. Again. Hey. They, let, they never let me go through what I went through okay. because Amen. they said this time it came from a specialist. Any doctor can give you anything. And that specialist wrote a six-page letter to them on everything and why I should be driving back again. Okay. Um, wow. I got my insurance, even though it's higher. Somebody got it for me, Good. right? Good. Um, got me a brokerage and got this for me. Things are now coming back. I do get anxiety back again. I get to, but now I know and I own, I have mental illness. I'm not crazy. I'm not mad. Okay. When I'm getting back into that feeling of depression, Karen, get yourself back into the gym, work it out, run. Amen. Like mm-hmm. I just posted today. I have an interview. I was so nervous. I can't get to the gym, so I wrote, I ran the stairs, skipped in the stairs, <laughs> in the stairs, because I know that this is my, this is where I'm getting it, and my mind is going to play with me. Go for those long walks and my music. Whitney throws me. She has this song that I use as my anthem. I didn't know my own strength. Yes, I All love right? that and song. I, okay, who sings this song? That. Whitney. 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 Okay. Whitney Houston. Yes. I didn't know my own and, strength. Yeah. Right in the yeah listen to the lyrics i'm a lyrics and that was my life i crashed down i crumbled i tumbled but i got back up i held my head up high i had to turn around and i had to embrace this Mm -hmm. this is where i started now with the book it's it's still not done it's in the fall we're still it's not as easy as what everybody says but i'm not going to make it it was supposed to come out from actually from last year that's Fall. okay. But that's okay. transcripting it, everything, that's right, it's here. I decided to take some time on the internet and I seen McKinney um, Smith and I reached out to her and I she actually answered back again. I said this to Oprah, Tyler Perry. I don't know what was wrong with me, Tracy Moore. <laughs> but I was just doing it. But she reached out and she talked, she spoke with me. And then she says, Karen, I I I would love, but this is you know, what do you want from this? And I said, I want to make awareness. I want to bring, you know, awareness to this. And, and, and my book, I want to tie it in. I don't see this in the black community. I've been asking. Mm-hmm. And I want the normalcy. This is normal. She goes, hmm, I think you'd be a better fit for Stacey Ann. Do you know who she is? I says, no. <laughs> <laughs> she goes to me, reach out, Stacey Ann Buchanan. She, she works on mental illness. She, she will... She, I think she'd be a better fit. I'm going to get you her information. Oh, wow. And I said, okay. I reached out to Stacey Ed. I couldn't believe again she replied because I went <laughs> on the podcast. And I seen her and I'm like, okay, filmmaker. Oh, she ain't even going to answer me. <laughs> I didn't even know that you would, you would even reach out and do this. It's so funny. She told me that you actually um, collaborated also with Bell Let's Talk. Yes. If you go on my page... You will see on Bell Let's Talk Day, I came out to the world and I told him about my epilepsy. Before on my page, I also told him about my suicide. Mm. I told people about it, then shut my page down. That's how nervous I was. Like, not shut my page, turn my phone off. Because I was afraid of the reaction I would get. Because sometimes coming out there, you get this pity. 
oh, well, with you, I feel so sorry. That's not what I'm here for. I don't want you to feel sorry for me. I want you to learn from this. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to encourage and motivate others that we can get through this. We can manage this. And there are days that it comes back. Of course. But being aware of what it is and for those others that are not going through this, knowing the signs to look for. Right. Knowing to stop play that you're a doctor. Knowing <laughs> to stop make it about you. That's and right. get us support. There's support that for mine, I, I don't, half the people don't even know what's covered under their benefits that work. That's so yes, true. And I, that and I actually, there's you community know centers. There's yes. free stuff right. that yes. people can, can help you with. Thank you but for you saying that. Open the doors. Thank you okay. for saying that because I had to share I, I, on on my stories. I do a lot of this Mindful Mondays, and I had to share with people check your benefits because I've been a member of Actress since two thousand five, and and as a professional actress in the city, I didn't even know I was covered for that because you know okay. as an actor, my tool is my body and my mind and everything. This is my tool, mm-hmm. and that is covered, and I didn't mm-hmm. find that out until two thousand seventeen. Mm-hmm. I was like. Oh, Exactly. All this I'm working for, like this therapy is there for me. Karen, you you've so beautifully shared your story and your your story is so colorful in a sense that you're sharing everything and and I'm seeing the picture. Like it's like a movie. I'm gonna be real. Like I'm I'm just seeing everything. Like I'm I'm walking in your shoes as you're sharing mm-hmm. all of this and without us even asking like how you've where you now you've you've addressed where you are now and it's just so powerful we have one last question for you well not the last the second to last one because the last one is a is a really interesting one but the second to last question we have for you is like how can we change the stigma in our community by getting more public figures that are going through this thank you i do remember Mm. something like one of the raptors said he was going through mental illness demar derozan yes and we're gonna get him on the show to see this yes our young boys need to see him say that he is vulnerable to this and what is he doing why are you helping i want them to see my face that pretty black face now this is me Taraji P. Henderson. Yes, yes. I've seen her come out and say, why isn't it out there more? Like, it is, we are the society that, unfortunately, little me, okay, who's me? But when they see a star like that, why aren't they coming out? And I want to see the black. I want to see more men. Yeah, Right? Because there's a lot of guys that I have talked to that are telling me now with the depression. And just quickly, another friend of mine, he told me he was going through something and then I said I was going to come and see him. I went to his apartment. He, his apartment was dark when I went in there. And I, I, he asked me, come into the bedroom. That's where he was. And he noticed that I was uncomfortable. Then he goes, do you want some water? And I said, sure. He came back in the room. And I said, I'm really. And he goes, okay, come out. I go, is this what you feel like? And he goes, yes. When we came out, I went to the living room. And he lives in a beautiful condo. I opened up the window and he looked at something and goes, oh, that's where it is. And I go, what do you mean that's where? He goes, I haven't been in my living room in about two months. Oh, my goodness. He's been stuck in his room. However, I assess, I look at things different now. Could you believe I had to go in his space and he had to see how uncomfortable I was to get from him to get out of the space and just go in the living room? I started to share with him. You know, I go to the gym. He's now using the gym that he has free in his building, better Thank than my you. gym. Yes. Right? He's now started to read, go back. He he does, like, technician. He actually, he's a technician. He has better benefits than I have. He's talking to someone. However, I went into his space as a friend. 
But that's because I knew what it was like for me. I wish somebody would have came into my space right. and seen how yucky it was. Right. right? I went into his and he actually, since coming out of his space, seen how yucky it was. Now that I call him, he has no time for me, Karen. I'm at the gym. Don't oh, <laughs> yeah. you. Push he's you aside. Doing, but everyone has, yeah, their own thing. But this is where, Stacey Ann, I, I want that film again. I, I want, and it, we, it needs to be on a higher platform. Mm-hmm. Let's talk. We need to talk about that more. But in our community, we need to educate those two that are not going through it, as I said. Exactly. Stop judging and labeling. Mm-hmm. So we all grew up with this label, as I said, the bag lady crackhead. Let's change the label to the DeMar DeRozan, as you said. What, it was, it's the one now. Let's oh. change it to look like Taraji P. Henderson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's change it to look like Karen. I want to see that doctor out there. Michelle Obama, I don't know if she's gone. Like, I want them to come out. I know Beyonce now uh, started a foundation or she's putting money into mental illness. This is real. Mm-hmm. This is so this real. This is real. And coming from especially the Jamaican and dance hall community, where it's showing off and stuff like that, no, 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 no. Right? Turn around. If I'm saying something's wrong, stop telling me to just toughen it up or be strong. Sometimes I'm not strong, and sometimes I don't want to be strong. That's right. Thank As you. I said, That's right. I Thank have you. to cry sometimes. I still cry, but it's, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. No. But I know I'm not going to stay in those tears. That's right. I'm going to dry them up because I'm aware of what's happening. I'm aware I never want my body to change like that again. I hopefully never want to go through that my mind. One of the girls from work, she sent me a Skype and says, Karen, how are you? And I said, who's this? She says, Marcia, we were best friends. You used to drive me to work. I don't know who she is. I can't remember her. Oh, dear. It's part of my journey. Right. It is what it is. Right. But I said, I, I still have the memory loss. I don't remember certain places where I, where I lived in Brampton. I don't remember, but I know I lived in Brampton. Right. There are places of my daughter that she tells me, she showed me a picture of our house in Absolute. I know I lived in Absolute, but I didn't remember what inside looked like. Mm-hmm. She showed it to me. I couldn't, I know it had to be our place because her picture was up. <laughs> and she's like, like, People will see me. One person see me in the mall. I, I'm not going to lie. It was a girl. And she's like, Karen. And I was like, uh, and she knew I was acting funny. And she kissed her teeth and walked out. Why am I going like this? Right? Because mm. I don't remember her. Okay. Again, they don't understand. And when I say to people I have memory loss, the first thing that they start to laugh, because again, they, they laugh, oh, memory loss, that's an excuse. No, wow. I actually did have memory loss. Right. Mm -hmm. When I say people about mental illness, just this week I was talking about it. Oh, you're using that as an excuse. No. And I got, you know, uh... I got emotional. I don't use it. I don't know if anyone else does, but I don't use it as an excuse. I use it as my strength. Mm -hmm. I have mental illness. Yeah, exactly. It's my, it's my, I'm proud of it. Uh, and I also know how to control it. Yeah. And Um, here's, and here's the thing. I think, you know, it's so important that, you know, you know, part of what would what you mentioned about changing the stigma is changing the dialogue because you know uh, how, you know, why are you, why would you be using mental mental illness? illness. You know, it's like saying you're using diabetes or using cancer, you know, whatever. No, no, this is what you have. You've owned up to it. You're saying that you're dealing with it. It's being treated. You're working through it. You're still on your journey. Yeah. This is all part 
of what is going on. So that's right. So thank you, thank you thank so you so much, so much um, for no you know for you for sharing so far. We just have we have one, one more last, question um, for you. Before I get into this uh, last question, and Karen, this is the second time this has happened to me on the show. How is your relationship with God right now? Excellent. Um, I don't go to church. That's fine. However, I talk with him every morning. Believe it or not, I actually um, bought some sage. I cleanse myself um, mm. like once a month in my home. I don't, uh, and again, grew up thinking those were obia. <laughs> yes, not, um, yes. But that's my comfort. I talk with him. I have my own conversations. Good. Yeah, like I'm, that I'm, girl taught me. We have short conversations. Good for I you. I said, you know what's best. You put it in here. I have some healing stones I wear on my arm and I have at work. I don't know. Again, I'm not a healer like that, but it works for me. No, no, no. It, it's, I it's, can feel it and touch it when I get anxiety. I rub it. Yes. I have these felt. It works for me. But yes. I believe in God now. Oh, well, I always did. Yes. But I believe he put me through this for a reason, right? They say he doesn't give you more than you can bear. That's right. Mm -hmm. I also believe I had to go down to humble myself. Mm. You see me, that? I had everything. And I, again, I told you, I looked at people that took the bus. You couldn't talk to me and take the bus. Mm. Yeah. You couldn't talk to me and say you were walking anywhere, yet... I now love the bus. I'd rather take the bus downtown. We park it. I now look at the simple things in life. I ended up in a basement apartment where I couldn't see the light. Mm -hmm. I'm now back in my condo, but humbled enough to know it took me six minutes to lose it. Five years to just get back to where I am now. Amen. Right. Still Amen. not where I want to be. The so I appreciate and I love everything. I write a lot yeah. about, I reflect on what happened yesterday, what went good, what went well what I can do better. Those are some of the therapies that help me. And I talk, I have conversations. Yes, I talk to myself and I talk to him. Sometimes I do answer myself where they say, if you're crazy, okay. you answer yourself. I Listen. answer myself. I'm like, girl, you got this. Yes, girl, you know. Exactly. Right. Answer yourself with encouragement. We're going to make it better. Exactly. Yes, exactly. The reason why I asked you such a, a deeply personal question is because when you were speaking about, um, you were speaking earlier, and I, and I don't remember what word you said or what moment, but I just saw a vision of you just being a powerful speaker. And I think when you touched about the dancehall community, that's mm -hmm. when it just came to me that you, God will use this. You see this pain that you went through is your mm -hmm. purpose, right? And God is yeah. going to put you on such a platform where you're going to be speaking to people thousands of people your story is going to impact lives in such a powerful way so every time you reached out to someone and you think oh my god julie black oh my god mckinney smith oh my god stacy buchanan these people are never going to respond to me and every time that door was open to you it's a green light to god saying to you that i am going to take you places that you never thought that you would be and everything that you have gone through i have guided you through this because it's your, your that pain is going to be a divine purpose and that purpose that you have is going to change lives it's going to impact lives so i just wanted to give you that message that i got from god and so i had to ask you, you what is um what is your relationship right now and I'm, I'm sorry if i got that personal but this is this is what i saw for you before i finish up this um before we finish the interview this is what i like to call the fun question this is the very last question and um i wanted to ask you if you could share with our audience and with us one word just one word that sums up your entire journey to this point right now in your life what would that one word be 
I would say thrive. Thrive. And the reason that I say to thrive is because I went through the confusion, Mm -hmm. the survival, to thrive. That's right. And I think that brings everything together because to thrive, to, to thrive, you've got to be able to combine everything together. That's it. Right? That's it. And put the power, put down, you know, you know, put the resilience I have, the, you know, that just that, ah, God, perseverance, again, survival, all together to thrive, to mm-hmm. thrive. That's beautiful. That is powerfully beautiful. Karen, thank you. Oh, my goodness. Karen, oh. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for... I hope this is not the last I hear from you. Anything else I would love to be on, to come on, to speak. Um, I'm really hoping you guys, when my book comes out, I'll be definitely sending you guys. But I would love to, again, be part of the movement with sharing my story and being that faith again you've got it you've got it you've got it you've got it ask me more about my journey my symptoms everything yes it's i i want to do this because again i want to help our community absolutely break down these barriers and these labels and these judgments or what people think and have people really look inside themselves right i want to stop the suicide yeah yeah stop you know learn how to handle the the depression right? right the anxiety know what it is and control control ourselves you know yes. what this this is definitely not the last so karen thank, thank you, you thank you so thank you much again, guys have yourself a wonderful night god you guys have made my night i feel like jumping now <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much karen we appreciate it just keep on doing what you're doing we can't wait for your book to come out yes um we were definitely excited keep on doing what you're doing god is using you in such amazing powerful ways you are definitely a vessel for him so i you know I, you keep on doing what you're doing You've reached the end of another episode of the Blind Stigma Podcast with your hosts, Stacey Ann Buchanan and Dr. Natasha Williams. Thank you for tuning in. If you're a first-time listener and you like the show, then please subscribe, rate, and review us on all the major podcast platforms. Don't forget to connect with us on social media at The Blind Stigma and join the conversation. Find out more about each guest and help us to change the stigma while taking back our narratives. This podcast is produced by What's Up Toronto and Stacey Ann Buchanan Productions.